It's good to see you. We are finishing this uh, four-week series. Uh, we've traveled a distance, so if you have uh, maybe missed a week or two, or maybe you haven't been here for a little while, that's okay. You're here for the end of the story, which is always awesome, right, to get the end, all right? So now some of you just read the end right at the beginning anyways, so here we are. Um, and for most of us, I think this series has been challenging. Uh, I know for myself, uh, thinking back through the topics that we've uh, discussed, uh, we talked about suffering, uh, we've talked about values, we talked about trying to live holy. Uh, this book of First Peter has been uh, something that I think reaches into our lives uh, thousands of years later and continues to, uh, I think, bring about what really the gospel is and what really the good news is all about. And I think for myself, I want to sometimes uh, make it about knowledge, you know, just knowing something. Uh, can make all the difference, and I'm not saying ignorance doesn't have a consequence. Knowledge is important. Uh, I know that sometimes I want to make it about my words, uh, what I say. I'm not saying words aren't important, uh, and sometimes I want to make it about my performance. I don't speak louder than my words, and they don't reveal what my true beliefs are. But I'm telling you right now, the answer to what you do with the Christian faith is who you believe Jesus to be, and that's something that each of us has to deal with. And this whole series is kind of based around what Peter is saying, Jesus changes. What Jesus changes in all of us, what Jesus calls us to, what Jesus is pressing in values, the core things of our life, pressing into the way we choose to live. And today he's going to press into so much so how we are to live in opposition. We are to live a different life and that that can cause friction, that when we choose to live through the pain and with different values and separate, wholly not as moral people, but as realizing we are foreigners, that this is not our place of residence permanently, that we should not look like this world because this world is not our home, that when we do that, we experience opposition. We experience things that, that we go against the flow, <laughs> and that is can be one of the most challenging aspects to living according to what Jesus has called us to do. And Peter knows that. <laughs> Peter is so aware of that. And it's not because Peter's aware of it like, man, it is hard to live as a good steward of money. And it's not because Peter knows that it's really hard to have a Christian pure marriage in the midst of the pornography epidemic that is taking over our country. And it's not because Peter knows that life can be challenging and difficult when you have teenagers. And it's not because Peter knows that even the best intentions sometimes go by the wayside when life gets tough. It's because Peter is preaching to a people that are experiencing opposition and persecution on a level that you and I could not even dream of occurring in our nation. And he's talking to a group of people that their faith is not causing them social unrest, it is causing them physical harm. It is causing them death and pain beyond what we can imagine. As we don't just get ostracized, but we get, they get eliminated, taken away, tortured under the Roman rule of Nero. So as we talk about this topic, like it's easy for us to just make it about our little problems, right? Our little, our little things that are going on in our daily world or the news, political system, our own relationships in our family, our own media. But this isn't a topic that ends there. 
This isn't a topic that stops there. That is the training ground. That is the proving ground for what God is most calling us to, is to live 100% obedient to this calling of being different and knowing that it'll have a cost. It will have a cost. Jesus was not silent on that, and this is what I want to start with as we talk about this, because I'm telling you Peter is talking about Jesus. He's pointing us to Jesus throughout the entire book of 1 Peter. This is John chapter 15. These are Jesus' words. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. Man, somebody put that on a coffee mug. All right, we got some good verses in this series. We just need to put that on a coffee mug. Wake up in the morning and read that first. All right? Especially if you got a three-year-old, all right, and you're trying to wake up a cranky one. Yeah, all right, look, all right. If they persecuted me, they will what? Persecute you also. That is not a maybe statement. Do you realize that? I like to read maybes into that one, right? If they persecuted me, they may also persecute you. Anybody do that when you read it? I know, that's what I do. I make those both like maybe statements. No, no, those are, those are assurances. Don't you love that promise from Jesus? Let's just thank him for that one. Thank you. So excited. Let's get into this topic. Look at verse 20. Continue. It's terrible. I, I have those verses. See how those are tapped together there? There's a verse in between that he's talking about that do we have assurance for life? I left it out. That's okay. That's okay. So here's the thought process for today's message. You ready? You can be assured that you will face persecution. And you can be assured that if you live in opposition, that you will be hated. Let's pray. Just kidding. Now, here's the thing. Gosh, I know for some of you are like, man, I am feeling good. All right? For you and for me, that is just like the end of the series. Like you're like, this is where we're ending. This is what we're going to end with. And I want to just point out to you that, yes, this is what we need to talk about. Uh, this is what we need to do because the calling that we've been given, the, the person that we're following, uh, stands out in history for a reason. He stands out in history and in time for a reason. And the reason he, doesn't st- he stands out in time is not because everybody liked him. You ever thought about that? You ever thought about the reason that we have this huge thing that happened. It's not because at, at, at the end of Jesus' life, it was like, we just need to remember this dude. Oh man, we need to get, yes, everybody, right? Yes, we love, no. What, what, what is the memorable thing that has stuck in the, it's because we killed him. He was killed for how different he was. He was murdered innocently for how different he was. And the reason why that's, that's important to remember is because a lot of times we like to pretend that Jesus gets out before he goes to the grave, right? Because we know the ending, right? But they didn't know the ending when it happened. And neither do you and I when opposition starts. Do we? When opposition comes... Man, it's fun to have certainty of the outcome. But there was no certainty when Jesus was led to that cross in his followers. There was no complete, they were all scattered, running away, tending like it didn't happen. And there'll be a temptation in your faith, in your walk, to think that opposition 
is confirmation of your doubts. And today I want you to hear Peter's words that are still speaking to the church that was persecuted in a way we probably never will, but that our Savior was. And he's still speaking to you right where you're at, in the midst of you comparing yourself, in the midst of you feeling like a foreigner in your place of work or your family, in the midst of you feeling like you're just the odd kid on the block when it comes to the way you choose to live your life, you follow Jesus. Listen to Peter's words. Peter says this in chapter 4. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through as if something strange was happening to you. Now, knowing the context for that, that is earth-shattering to me. The firing trials that you are going, that is him saying, don't you remember what just happened a few years ago with Jesus on the cross? You see that? As if something strange. You're being murdered, killed, raped, taken from your families, thrown into slavery, blamed for this massive upheaval in the Roman nation. No, 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 that's, not, no, that's nothing new. That's, that's actually exactly the context for what we're following Jesus for. And this is what he goes on to say in 13. Instead, be very glad, for the trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering, so that you may have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it's revealed to the world. There is a day coming. No more tears. No more pain. No more cancer. No more divorce. No more bankruptcy. No more going in a different direction. No more I don't want to be your friend. No more pain. And there's a day when we don't have to fear anymore. And we walk in that. Right now. But it becomes full. Complete. And it's seen. And the glory of that, that you would have the insider information to know that it's coming, that it's going to happen, is huge. Now, what basically Paul, Peter is pointing out here is that there's two ways to view opposition in your life. There's two ways to view what you're going through, and there's two reactions to it. There's two reactions to it. Uh, and there's a more common, and then there's a one that he's calling these Christians, these early Christians spread across the Roman world and the world itself too. And I, wanna, I want you to see the one that we still fall into and the one that he's calling us to. So the one we still fall into is this. Uh, we pursue comfort. Uh, we avoid opposition. Our faith weakens. And then I've ever been on a diet. Okay, run this through the diet. Right? Run this through the diet thing. You pursue the Twinkie, I mean, whatever, you put your thing, pizza, pasta, all right, let's just be real. We pursue bread, all right? It's all we want. It's just good, hot bread, right? Just give it to me. And we avoid all the vegetables, <laughs> anything that doesn't taste good, nothing that we would want, all right? And our body weakens. 
You ever stood up and it was hard? <laughs> Me neither. Like, what was that? That was hard. And you realize what you've been putting in has not provided what you need. What you really need. So many of you have been living in this faith cycle. Because I'm not going to lie, following Jesus the right way, man, there are times that it feels good, doesn't it? Oh man, it feels good. There are things that your eyes are open to it. The world is seen in a perspective that feels truthful and good about it. And you're joyful and excited and amazing. And then something gets uncomfortable. Something pops up that you're not sure about. Life gets hard. And there's a little opposition to the plans and the goals and the convictions and the things that you're learning. The truth actually interacts with your life and makes, like you're like, well, if I really believe that, I might have to change something. I don't know if I believe it anymore. <laughs> and you can feel this, right? It feels uncomfortable, so you're like, oh, I'm going to avoid that. And then like, someone working out that doesn't do anything that causes them to sweat. You never experience what it would be to get a little stronger. So look at what Peter says our process should look like a little bit differently. You live boldly. Live boldly. You know, that's been my prayer for my oldest son is to live a bold life, not a safe one. Live a bold life. That's because I thought his name meant something, and then I looked at the dictionary, and it meant bold. And I was like, oh, I was wrong. Also, I like that. <laughs> to live boldly. But when you live boldly, guess what you do? You live thinking and moving and motivated with absolute aggression towards something, right? No holds bar. Nobody can get in my way. I am after this. I am for it. I am going for it, regardless of how difficult. Like the first time you run after you haven't run in a long time when you work out, right? Like the first time you eat that salad. Like the first time you sit down with a friend that you had the problem with, right? Like the first time that you sit down at the marriage counseling table and you're like, nope, I am all in. I am going for it. I am not thinking about the consequences. And guess what? That salad tastes like poop, all right? All right, not all salads taste like That's a bad word, all right? Bad things, all right? Depending on who's in the room. It doesn't taste good. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel right. It's awkward. I mean, have you ever sat next to somebody that you just didn't get along with and try to work things out? Hasn't it just been like rainbows and puppies the whole time? You're like, no, this is hard. I don't agree with you. I don't like you. You hurt me. This doesn't feel right. I know you don't agree with me. And then it's like, now what do we do? Ugh. This is frustrating. Difficult. What happens when we face that, though? Something crazy. And so Peter's saying, look, for the joy set before him, Christ knew that. He knew what was at stake when he faced the opposition. He, he came boldly. He went for it. And his faith was strengthened. 
And your faith was strengthened. Your body was strengthened. Your life was encouraged. You recognized that that opposition was the very thing that God was using to reveal a deeper thing, a deeper conviction, a deeper calling. Some of you, you, this like just feels so hard. Because if that's where getting closer to Christ is, if this is the process that leads to that, and then we're just going to repeat this, you're like, that sounds like hard. And that's when Peter just has to just, you just hear his refrain through the whole book, right? This is not your home. And if you want to pretend like being comfortable here is your home, go for it. But it's not what real life is about. It's, it's not what's going to draw you to the person and the place and the fullness that is in Christ. It, it, it will not work. It will not satisfy And though you'll be tempted to think it's easier in the moment. It's better in the moment. It it just won't go anywhere. It won't lead to anything. A fullness. Some of you need to take a picture right now of this on your phone. All right? I'm going to give you permission to do it. Or it's on kingswaymo.info. All right? And you can just copy down. This is something you need to be thinking about intentionally in your life. This is something that if you're making some convictions, decisions over this, this series, upcoming series, past things, if you're making some choices to do something different, you need to know it is not an if, it's a when you face opposition. It's not a maybe it'll happen, it's a it's gonna happen. That's a part of what's happening when you choose to grow, when you choose to change. It's what's pulling you out of this world and separating you. It's what's drawing you closer to the one that made you. It's what's revealing what really matters as you're forced to interact with the differences. Man, if, I, if you remember nothing else, I said, just remember this, all right? Remember that. Look what First Peter says in, in uh, chapter 4, verse 19, and this is kind of the, the fullness of this picture that we just looked at. So if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, whoo, think about this, lost ones, hurting, torture, jail. If you are suffering in a way that pleases God, keep on doing what is right and trust your lives to the God who created you. For he will never fail you. I'm going to read that last part again. Trust your lives to a nation. No, no, no. Trust your gods to a marriage. No, no, no. Trust your lives to a community of friends. No, no, no. Trust your lives to your bank account. See how if it changed that, it finishes the sentence? Because that's what made you. Your performance, your ability, other people around you. 
No, no, no. Trust your lives to God because he's the one who made you and he's also the one that will never let you down. No matter the political party, economic status, unfaithfulness of a spouse, the betrayal of a friend, no matter how far personally you fall into addiction, no matter how difficult your life becomes, no matter how little or much money, no matter how you stray, God never fails to choose you, to want you, to love you. He never fails, and he knows you best, apart from those things, in the midst of those things. And I love how this verse speaks to that side, and then it speaks to the side that you and I don't like to talk about very much. You realize that you don't have control over how people treat you? You realize you don't have control over how people treat you? You see, in, in the United States, we're blessed with this great place that for the most part, I know we have a news world right now that just likes to pretend like all is falling apart, all right? But let's just, let's just be real. Yes, there is injustice. Yes, there is brokenness. There will always be sin. But we have been blessed with a place that for the most part treated pretty fairly on the day-to-day. Nobody's driving on the wrong side of the street just because they feel like it, all right, in Mount Vernon. There's rules, right? People follow them. And because of that, it's tempting sometimes to feel like that order is unbreakable. That that control is something that goes to each person, that they feel the convictions that we feel and they would never break that. But that is not how the world works. People will hurt you. It will happen. They will do it intentionally. They will. I tell my students all the time, if you tell yourself or you choose to love someone, you're simultaneously giving them permission and the presence to hurt you. Because an embrace is a place of vulnerability. When Jesus turned to love the world, he knew the response would not be acceptance. But yet he chooses and chose to do it again and again and again. And he cannot control because that is our choice, how we respond. And for you, look, it may not be torture, physical torture, but I know the emotional strain it can be to be in a workplace where you feel like there is an an invisible boundary that you are evidently behind that you are able to be made fun of, belittled, looked down on, emasculated because you won't joke about it, because you won't treat her that way, or you won't talk about this subject. So they look at you, men, like you're, you're missing something. And you choose to stand up for purity. And you choose to make the choice to be faithful. Not just to your current wife, because some of you in here don't have a wife, but to a future spouse, if you would choose to have one. To be a man enough to love the daughters of the people around you that you don't even know. And women, this day and age is hard sometimes. I'm not trying to make this political, but 
man, you need representation sometimes. And I feel guilty sometimes because I haven't been there. I haven't talked about it. I haven't been willing to risk it. And I'm not talking about fighting for one issue in our world. I'm talking about fighting for what is right. And I'll tell to protect her. Where have we lost that? Why have we lost that? We have to choose men to have the awkward conversation that maybe there is something that we were unaware of that was going on in the midst of what we've been doing. We have to be willing to stand up to the opposition that could come our way that is so small. And I'm not just trying to pick on the guys. Ladies, fight against this image that you are who what you look like. Fight against it that you think that your appearance is what your value really lies. And though the world may tell you it's true, you are not of this planet. You are a foreigner. May God declare it to you that you are a princess, unbelievably beautiful in his eyes. And that you would listen to him. And though the world may shout at you, scream at you, tell you all the things that you know and hope are not true, <laughs> the ladies around you up. Not use comparison as a tool to feel better about yourself. I know this got real real. But I'm telling you, if you want to talk about what opposition looks like, if you want to talk about being a foreigner and being different, we are going to fight to make a difference as a church. Not a point. A point is at a distance. We make a difference. You know what a difference takes? Conversations. Listening as much as you talk. Being willing to learn. Being willing to shake a hand. Look into the eyes. Being willing to step into what feels completely awkward and ask difficult questions. That's what it means to be faithful especially right now in our day and age. Whatever your background, political view, whatever you have been experienced to your whole life, whatever your life has led to to this point, you have a limited perspective. You do not have it all, myself included. And if we want to make a difference and live in opposition to what we are told we're supposed to believe we're told we're supposed to live like, that this world is screaming at us. We have to be willing to make a difference by not trying to make a point, but having the conversations, being willing to listen, being slow to anger, and then being able to be content when we don't agree on everything. That's okay. I'm pretty sure the disciples had a lot of disagreements even while Jesus was still alive. 
But if we lift him up as the savior of the world, as someone that we can follow and pursue, and we all keep our eyes on him and our opinions under him, I have a feeling that in humility, we'll be able to figure a lot of things out together. And maybe, just maybe if we can do that, because we can't control the world, guys. But maybe we can start to have God control us a little bit. And we can start to make a difference. We really can. I want to end by reading a couple verses. But I want to give you this point before I do. Do what is right and trust God for the results. Do what is right and trust God with the results. Just so you know. This is not a weaponized statement. This does not give you permission to not love somebody. This does not give permission for you to hate somebody. This does not give you permission to look down on somebody. This is about you and your control, your decisions, your choices. This is about you standing up for your convictions and choosing character over comfort. Choosing to stand up for what's right. Regardless of the economic toll on your company, regardless of the toll in your marriage, regardless of the toll in your relationships or in your bank account, you do what is right. And you trust God for the results. Peter ends his book by saying a couple things that I want to point out to you. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. At the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to him, for he cares about you. Listen, in this time of worry, brokenness, division, heartache, whatever you're going through, this is the type of things we should be screaming. God is mighty. We are under him. And we give all the worries and cares. We, we recognize it in humility. And we know his timing is the thing we have to trust. For he cares about you. And he cares about me. The last verses is 10 and 11 of chapter 5. And this is such a good one. So after you have suffered a little while, listen, we are but on this planet for, we are wind, we are mist, we are fog, it's such a small amount of time. He will restore support and strengthen you. He will place upon you a firm foundation. And listen, to him. you can just feel Peter just, all the power to him forever. He's not talking to people that have a boo-boo. He's talking to people that are dying. And they're choosing it. Because this place is not their home. Our call is to live in opposition to this planet, to the sinful world that we are a part of, to a place that we feel like we are dying and that we are being reborn. And that does not sound painless to me. That is a part of the process. And how that process takes place is we choose what is right over comfort. Though it may be in opposition to the world, we believe that it leads to greater things, to bigger things, to brighter things, to fuller things that will be revealed 
proper time to the glory of God. Live different. Live as called people under Christ. This is not your home.